This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This Day in Crime is released every day, Monday through Saturday. For ad-free listening and exclusive bonus content, subscribe to TenderFit Plus at TenderFitPlus.com or on Apple Podcasts. Let's start the show. Happy Friday, everyone. I'm Todd McComas, and I don't know what your weekend plans are, but I hope you end up having more fun than a barrel of honkies. I'm sorry, that says monkeys. But I don't think either of those things would be particularly fun, so I think both are a bad analogy. A barrel of monkeys would rip your face off, so what are we even talking about? How about a barrel of whiskey? That sounds fun. I guess unless you're a recovering alcoholic, you know what? Let's just stop talking about it and dive on in to what's happening in the world of crime. So here we go. A swift stalker? Bad parenting on trial? Wrong car, Jack. A burn pile full of body parts and a Russian trick bot. All coming up on this Day in Crime. I know you might find this hard to believe, but pop icon Taylor Swift has a stalker. She's arguably the most famous musical artist in the world, so some of you might say that comes with the business. But come on, it shouldn't. Because I'm not talking about someone that's simply obsessed with her music or just a really big fan. I'm talking about a legit stalker. Someone she has every reason to be frightened about. David Crow was arrested for a third time for lurking outside Taylor's New York City townhouse. And this third arrest happened less than one hour after his second arrest for stalking her. And that second arrest came with a temporary protective order. A protective order that ordered he not put his body within a certain distance of Taylor or her property. That's how they work. But obviously, Stalky McStalkerson chose to disobey that order. And protective orders are nice, but let's face it, they're not a force field. So when it comes to protecting the person being stalked, they're pretty much relying on the stalker agreeing not to stalk. So what Taylor needs is for this dude to be locked up somewhere that he can't get to her, and hopefully somewhere where he can get some treatment for whatever mental health issues he has going on. In this last incident, Crow was caught on video rummaging through a dumpster outside Taylor's home. Again, this happened right after he was released from custody for a second time. And according to police reports, he's been at Swift's townhouse roughly 30 times since last Thanksgiving. So what the hell is happening? Why are police and prosecutors having such a hard time protecting women like Taylor from people like Crow? Well, under the Bell laws in that jurisdiction, it's extremely difficult to get bail set for offenders of this particular law. The problem with this law in New York and far too many other places 
is that it does a much better job of protecting the person being stalked if their stalker has an intimate connection to them, like an ex-boyfriend, for example. But in this case, Crow is the poster boy for stranger danger. So, unfortunately, he's probably going to be released again soon. Hey, legislators, we need new stalker laws. Get on it. Remember when the worst thing you had to worry about happening to your kid at school was a bad grade? Those were the days. Here's some scary-ass stats for you. There were 73 school shootings in the U.S. in 2021, and the numbers continue to rise every year after. 79 in 2022, 82 in 2023, and we're not even out of January yet, and we've already had three. So how are we going to stop this endemic? That's what everyone's trying to figure out. But so far, most of our government's efforts and resources have been focused on reactionary measures, as opposed to preventative measures. But prosecutors in Pontiac, Michigan are trying something different. They've made an unprecedented move to criminally charge the parents of their last school shooter. And I can only assume their intent is to attack what they believe is the root of the problem, which, if my assumption is correct, would be bad or neglectful parenting. After 15-year-old Ethan Crumbly shot and killed four of his classmates at Oxford High School in November 2021, prosecutors indicted his parents, James and Jennifer Crumbly, for involuntary manslaughter. A psychologist that examined Ethan described him as a feral child who was deeply neglected by his parents during crucial years of his development and that he suffers from severe mental illness. Text messages revealed that Ethan was communicating to his mother that he was having hallucinations and that he was being haunted by a demon. And the list of examples of how Ethan was obviously exhibiting signs of mental illness is very, very long. So I'm gonna spare you the rest of it. Feel free to look that up on your own. But what is important for the prosecution's case in this matter is that neither of his parents sought psychiatric help for their son. Therefore, prosecutors are arguing that the sum of their neglect was unintentionally responsible for the death of their son's classmates. So they were charged with four counts of involuntary manslaughter, which in Michigan, is the correct charge for when someone is killed due to someone else's criminal negligence. So why are we talking about this right now? Well, Jennifer Crumbly's trial began yesterday and in opening statements, the prosecutor laid out the neglectful environment of Ethan's home, his parents' failure to seek psychological treatment for their son, and their failure to act after Ethan was caught drawing pictures of guns and people bleeding from being shot at school. The prosecutor told the jury, quote, the Crumbleys didn't do a number of tragically small and easy things that would have prevented this from happening, unquote. Jennifer's defense attorney told the jury, quote, the defense is going to show you that Jennifer Crumbley did the best she could do as a mother to a child who grew up into a teenager and had no way to know what was going to happen, unquote. The defense attorney also told the jury that Jennifer did take her son to a gun range prior to the shooting, but that was her way of spending time with him as he struggled with the death of their family dog. 
And yes, Ethan did have open access to a gun in the house, but the security of that gun was not her responsibility, rather the responsibility of her husband. FYI, his trial is set for March. Now, I'm not sure how I feel yet about these parents being held directly responsible for these deaths under the same criminal statute that a person who points a loaded gun they believe to be empty as someone's head and pulling the trigger would be charged, but it's obviously not in my hands. So I'll just have to wait and see what all the evidence shows and ultimately what the jury decides. We'll keep you updated. Hold the news. I got something to make your life better. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. So I'm a father of what? I gotta find a babysitter. I found care.com and I was blown away. Through the platform, I was able to find local and experienced candidates along with their reviews and rates, which were way more affordable than I anticipated. Care.com really put me at ease knowing that they were all required to go through a background check. If you're like me and you need to find someone reliable for your childcare necessities, check out care.com. Find the ideal sitters for your childcare needs. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. Sometimes being the victim of a crime is simply unavoidable. Regardless of who you are and how you live your life, sometimes it's just in the cards. Like something right out of the movie Final Destination, which is well worth a watch, by the way, if you haven't seen it. But here's an example of what I'm talking about. On May 5th, 2022, three people left Greeley, Colorado en route to South Dakota. The reason for their travel? They were on a drug trafficking expedition in, of all things, a Ford Expedition. Now, at some point, they found a South Dakota state trooper on their tail, and instead of stopping, they fled, as drug traffickers tend to do. 
and eventually they were able to put some distance between them and the trooper, but then they ran out of gas on the Pine Ridge Reservation. And in perfect final destination fashion, an FBI victim specialist crested the hill and saw their Ford Expedition stopped on the side of the road. Now, because tribal police in this area drive Ford Expeditions, this victim specialist assumed that these were tribal police officers and stopped to see what was the matter. He was then kidnapped at gunpoint and forced back into his vehicle as a potential hostage as they sped away in his vehicle. But fortunately, when the group stopped to buy gas and zip ties, the specialist managed to escape. The three drug trafficking carjackers slash kidnappers were later arrested without incident. And this week, two of the trio were convicted of kidnapping, carjacking, and a slew of other charges. They're scheduled for sentencing in April and could face life in prison. I think this goes without saying, kids, but say no to drugs. And drug trafficking. And carjacking. And kidnapping. Okay, I'm done. Let's go to Winter Haven, Florida, where police are investigating the murders of two women. Edel Rodriguez, who was murdered at a homeless camp in November, and Sierra Hernandez, who was reported missing by her mother on January 14th of this year. 26-year-old Enrique Martinez quickly became the prime suspect in Edel's murder, so police were actively searching for him. Sierra's disappearance was also connected to Martinez two months later after a witness saw him at the home of 44-year-old Daphne Hernandez. Here's what happened. Police knew that Martinez had a suspended driver's license, so officers patiently waited for him to drive away from Fernandez's home. And once he did, they stopped him and arrested him for driving with the suspended license. And while they had Martinez in custody, investigators got a search warrant for Fernandez's house and property to look for evidence that might tie Martinez to Edel's murder. And during the search, they found medical paperwork belonging to Sierra Fernandez, who had been reported missing. They also found Sierra's vehicle in Fernandez's possession, and in her backyard, they found human remains in a burn pile. I mean, that's just good-ass police work. Fernandez was subsequently arrested and is being held on a $1 million bond. And as for Martinez, he's been charged with Edel's murder, and of course, he's now facing a second murder charge in Sierra's case as well. Sue? Great work, everyone. Let's hear it for the coppers for once, eh? And finally, do you guys know what a Russian trick bot is? And no, it's not the doll that has another doll inside, that has another doll inside, that has another doll inside. A trick bot is malware. A Trojan horse virus, if you will. Specifically, a Trojan horse that targets businesses to steal their customers' data. Primarily their banking data, but also their account credentials and personal identifying information and it's very effective and very hard to detect. Now, a Russian trick bot is that thing, but developed in Russia. So when you hear boomers screaming that the Russians are stealing our data, they're not completely wrong, because some of them are. Trickbot developer Vladimir Denayev of, you guessed it, Russia, has been sentenced in the U.S. to five years and four months for his role in infecting American hospitals and businesses with ransomware and other malware, costing victims tens of millions of dollars in losses. And even worse, he did it during the pandemic. What a monster. 
According to his plea, he worked as a developer for a criminal gang, providing specialized services and technical abilities like building trick bots so they could steal sick people's money. According to the UK National Crime Agency, this gang has extorted at least $180 million from people and organizations worldwide. Several other members of this gang have been charged across the globe for their roles as well, and the UK and US governments have added 11 more TrickBot gangs to their target list. TrickBot gangs? Life was just so much more simple when it was just Bloods and Crips. West Side, y'all. I don't really know if that's what they say or not, but that's going to be it for me today. So make sure you tune in tomorrow to go back in crime with my good friend, Jessica Knoll. I'll see you on Monday. This Day in Crime is a production of Timberfoot TV in partnership with Odyssey, produced in association with Burning Mountain Productions. Executive producers are Donald Albright and Payne Lindsay. Jessica Nola and myself are co-executive producers. Today's episode is hosted and written by me, Todd McComas. You've been listening all week to my other co-hosts and writers, Laura Benson and Eric Quintana. Sean Nerney is our lead producer and editor. John Street and Tracy Kaplan are the supervising producers, along with additional production by Dennis Cooper, Dayton Cole, Cena Pritchard, and Jordan Foxworthy. Original music by Makeup and Vanity Set. The cover art is by Byron McCoy and Isabella Maxey. Special thanks to the team at UTA, Beck Media and Marketing, and the Nord Group. Sources for today's episode can be found in the show notes, and you can follow us on social media at This Day in Crime. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. And don't forget to check out Saturday's Back in Crime episode written and hosted by Jessica Knoll. I'll see you on Monday. You know that science solves crimes. Forensic science is exciting, challenging, and most of all, rewarding work. But there is a shortage of qualified individuals in this field. Hi, I'm Terry with Loyola University of Maryland's Forensic Science Department. Loyola is one of the only colleges in the country offering advanced degrees in forensic pattern analysis and biological forensics. Our courses, taught by forensic experts, feature hands-on training and small class sizes. They are based on real crime scene and forensic examiner training programs to ensure you are ready to make a difference. Our programs are open to students from a variety of academic backgrounds because we believe everyone can contribute to solving crimes. So what are you waiting for? Discover the excitement of forensic science at Loyola University, Maryland. Visit loyola.edu forward slash forensic for more information. That's loyola.edu forward slash forensic because you are ready to make a difference. Join one of Loyola University, Maryland's forensic science programs today.